And that's why robots, automation, chat GPT, even AI, everything is here. And I look forward to it, honestly. As long as you know what you're building in the sense of your uh, hospitality product and you're deploying tech in the right way, it's just empowering that pure offline experience for travelers. Welcome to the Trend Out. You have to meet Luca. Luca is CEO and founder of Flexkeeping, a housekeeping application that he came up with as he was working in housekeeping. Imagine that. I mean, his story is a bit more complex, of course, but he moved to the US uh, for a summer or an exchange program, learned English alongside it, and as he was, you know, cleaning rooms, watching housekeeping operation, he realized, hey, there is technology needed in this very offline, in this very paper and pen and not necessarily secure and lacking a lot of operational details. There is technology that can make this housekeeping operation much more efficient as possible. And, you know, that was sort of the inception point of creating a brand new company extremely successful, fantastic product, and he's got some really great insights and stories to share about being a founder and launching a business. Welcome. I'm excited to welcome Luca Berger. He is the CEO and founder of Flexkeeping. Uh, welcome, Luca. You're joining us today from which city? Uh, well, super excited to be here, and I'm joining from Ljubljana, which is in Slovenia, if you would happen to know where that is. <laughs> I, I, I do think I know where that is, um, uh, but, you know, I, I wanted to give justice to this uh, turndown uh, podcast, and, and my typical opening question has to do with what is keeping you up at night these days. So, as the CEO and founder of Flexkeeping, Luca. What is keeping you up at night these days? Well, um, on a personal level, it's my kids. I have two very small boys, so th they are actually literally keeping me up every night. <laughs> How uh, old are they? Two and four. Two and four. Okay. Not that not that small, but you know, still, it's it's quite intense. Um, uh -huh. But on a business level, it's the knowledge that you know most of the hospitality world still uh, ran on pen and paper while their guests are are using ChatGPT, you know, and similar tech, similar tech. Uh, so this is, you know, those are the thoughts that go through my brain, and uh, and yeah, th that's what we're we're working on to to optimize, you know, to update the hospitality with with, uh, with better tools than that that than pen and paper. So that's that's what's keeping you up most of the time. So in the middle of the night, you head to the, I guess, uh, fridge, you get a glass of milk, et cetera. And in your thought <laughs> yeah. or in your walk, you're thinking about how do you bring technology into a hotel that is using pen and paper? Is that it? Something like that. Yeah. It's like, it's just mind boggling, you know, um, me being in the industry now for 11 years and still knowing that so much is still ran in, in very outdated ways and forms. Uh, not keeping, you know, up with the pace of, of the world in general, it, it is keeping me up, you know, because I know it's it's not just that it's not optimal, it's also, you know, we are sacrificing a lot of time, people are, you know, doing a harder job um, and so on. So, yeah, that that is something that that yeah, I'm very passionate about. Just So what's, what's the resistance? What's holding people back in embracing technology, in your opinion? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think it changed a little bit, uh, for sure, with COVID. Um, so up until that point, the area where we are active in, which is in operations, right, uh -huh. uh, in optimizing, streamlining operations, is it changed a lot with COVID. So before that, it would be, I think that most of hospitality didn't really realize the impact and the importance 
but then uh, once um, extra costs, idle time, um, you know, the problem of contact and so on became a huge problem, the industry shifted. So I have to say, to be fair, in the last few years, this changed. So there is general realization amongst companies that, you know, they need to digitize, they need to automate, they need to, you know, just become optimized in that sense. Um, but still it's happening at a very slow pace, I would say, in general. And the resistance it's probably a mix between, you know, priorities, uh, between uh, where do you invest first? You know, a lot of times hotels or companies tend to invest more into revenue generating things or something that guests might feel um, sooner. You know, the back of house operations is something that's a lot of times intangible or you think that, you know, we'll handle, we, we handled 20 years, so why wouldn't we handle now? Uh-huh. Uh, but it's changing. So I think it's a mix of factors, but uh, but kind of in that direction is how I see it. Okay. You brought up an interesting um, concept around idle times. Help me understand how your technology is helping cut that down. Um, I assume you're referring to, I guess, housekeeping staff not being able to start certain things or having to wait until a specific room is vacant so they can enter it. Help me understand a little bit how your technology is 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 helping cut down on that idle time. Yeah, so maybe maybe I would tell that it's from the story how I even started the company Perfect. or why we are even doing what we are doing. So it's now already 11 years ago when uh-huh. I spent the summer in the US and I worked as a housekeeper by coincidence completely. And it was at that where did, time... Where that we, was that out of curiosity? That was, yeah, that was in Yellowstone National Park. Beautiful place. And Fantastic. it was an amazing summer in general, I have to say. One of the best summers ever. Was um, that in yeah. that famous lodge near uh, the Old Faithful? Or was that somewhere in in, in, in a in a long cabin? I, uh, I don't know. It was a, it was a typical 103-room hotel, I would say. Okay. You know, an average type of a hotel. Just at the entrance, west entrance into the park. Nice. Um, and so the thing that I saw, you know, is we were, we had the typical type of organization where you get your piece of paper in the morning, you go working. And then, you know, kind of midpoint of me working there, uh, I just started realizing how much time uh, my supervisor is losing just to figuring out who's done what, you know, checking the rooms, coming back to us, telling what we did wrong, so on. All this time, the front office never knew, you know, which rooms we've already cleaned. So guests had to wait, you know, to fix problems. It always lasted just because of the communication, you know, just to get, and information from one person to another. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's many such examples, you know, you're just losing time because you ha- you don't have information. Um, and so the idea of FlexSignal was born just simply, you know, there's, we already had smartphones in our pockets. And, you know, why don't we have a simple app that we could communicate everything instantly and, you know, we'd save so much time uh, and have so much data, you know, upon which you can act. A guest would have a faster service, a better service. You can control quality. You can... You can start measuring things, you know, start actually be data driven in how you run your operations, right? Um, and so that's what I'm referring to idle time, you know, it's just by having to do manual work, um, such as scheduling housekeepers, such as, you know, post-it notes, stuff like that. It's just completely unnecessary and it's just, uh, it's not fit for the times we live in, simply put. That's so interesting. Uh, you mentioned the smartphone as as the device. I assume you know every housekeeper nowadays has at least a minimum phone. Uh, you know, like an iPhone would. Is there a minimum requirement to your software? Like it has to be an iPhone six or you know at least over a certain caliber. Um, 
I mean, they're th- th- theoretically not, but practically yes. So in general, I've, iPhones or, or smartphones in general today are not as expensive as expensive as they were ten years ago. Sure. So what we tend to suggest is that hotels go for at least mid-level known brands. You know, you mentioned iPhones or something mm-hmm. uh, the same class in the in the Android sphere. And that's it. You know, it's it's not anymore an item of discussion. Really, it's everyone has smartphones. It's an investment. Um, uh, so yeah, it's something middle middle ground. I would say definitely not the cheapest, because again, if the tech that you're using to communicate is not at a certain level and is not working as it should, you're again having you're again losing time. You know, uh, figuring out what's wrong when it's just the technology or the hardware itself, and you you don't want to have that kind of a situation in operations, right? Fantastic. Now, reversely, you know, we talked about the things that keep you up at night, and we learned about yeah. your two two sons, and of course, you know, the technology aspect of uh, hospitality. What lets you sleep at night? What what gives you comfort? Oh wow, this is now such a vanilla type of an answer, but, uh, but please, but, go. It, but it's but it's just true in my case. So the two things that keep me one is obviously my family because you know. I real I am a family type of person. I realize it yeah. is everything that you can have in your lives, in my opinion. Uh-huh. And the other is um, uh, also very important is the team. So I have to say I'm super happy with our team. So whatever we have, as in the professional challenge, you know, we're, we're handling it all the time. So those two things make me sleep really good when my sons let me sleep. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of want to go back to the Yellowstone experience, but you know we can use any experience, if you will. Yeah. I'm curious, what is you know one of the funniest or most awkward things that happened to you while on the job, right? Like, um, and this could be probably at a hotel, could be you know a- at work nowadays. Help me understand, sort of you know an experience that that surprised you maybe or that uh, could have been completely awkward. Oh man, uh, well, <laughs> this is, you know, this is a type of question that, you know, you have some kind of a black book somewhere, what happens in both of operations. The, yeah, I'm sure uh, there's a long list of things. <laughs> but I have to say there were many, uh, many situations uh, with just, you know, coming to a hotel room that's supposed to be empty and it was not so seeing your guests, disturbing them in various different situations, I would say, which is not a pleasant thing. Uh, maybe on another side is, you know, uh, we might have not been in the best culture or best property in terms of if they invested a lot of in, in staff. So many funny situations between housekeepers, for example, I just was at a, co- at a housekeeping conference today talking with some housekeeping managers and just got this anecdote where, you know, every morning uh, we always fought who is going to be first there so that you would get the best vacuum cleaner, the best trolley for, you know, laundry <laughs> stuff like that. Because, you know, it was just so much harder if you got the, you know, the not working equipment. So um, many, many stories like that, you know, that make me smile today, um, make me reflect on, you know, all those things that we are trying to make better today and, and all those things that can still be improved. In hotel management and hospitality in general. So hotel operations is is an awesome thing. Uh, and so many funny stories, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I remember in one of the first hotels I worked in, um, the housekeepers had named vacuum cleaners, right? So they yeah. had put their names on the vacuum cleaner, and I'm sure they maintained those as 
their own cars as their own sort of a pride and joy uh, and were very, um, I guess, had a special relationship maybe potentially with them. Absolutely. And it is how it is. That That's how it actually is, you know. But, uh, you know, the root to this is, <laughs> unfortunately, when it is like that, that means that mm -hmm. the culture is not really the best, I would say, and that the, mm -hmm. that the equipment is not, you know, maintained or, or just invested in, you know. It, otherwise, you wouldn't fight over which vacuum cleaner you use, right? You would rather yeah. focus on some other things. That's a good, that's a great story. That's a good, great story. Walk us yeah. through your morning routine. You know, you've been up already a few hours um, and due to the time zone, but I'm curious, you know, how did you start your day this morning? Well, I have to say I always uh, started very similarly. So we wake up with the family. I always take um, enough time so that we have breakfast, that we get our sons ready for a kindergarten. Um, as I said, we take that time, we, we drink our coffee and then we, you know, bring them to kindergarten and I usually then go to the office. Um, sometimes we also work from home, obviously, right. but that's how I start. You know, it's more or less every day, the same, uh, to me, it's super important to that, to have that morning routine, uh, especially when I'm at home with my family, it's something that has to be, uh, as the start of a good day. That's fantastic. Uh, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Do you remember? I do. It was cereal. Nice. Very, very and that nice. was also one thing that I was hooked up uh, in, in the U.S. family to cereal. That's not a common answer, is it? <laughs> no, it is not. It's absolutely not. So you discovered <laughs> cereal in the U.S. Is, is that what happened? Yeah, 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 one type of it. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> okay, now you have to disclose which ones. I know you're not uh, uh, touching any commissions on the cereal, but now I'm curious which one it is. It was oatmeal. So uh, a couple okay. of things that, that I brought back is oatmeal um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and uh, coffee in so much, you know, in such volumes that I never had before. So those are the two things that I yeah. brought back <laughs> from the States. That's, that's fantastic. Um, look, I want to talk a little bit about your career. You've done this for 11 years. You're founder and CEO. You must have learned quite a few amazing things. Uh, uh, I, I'm curious, let's start maybe with a common myth about your job. What what do people think you do that, you know, is, is maybe a, a myth and it's not really true? Yeah, well, the common myth is the classical one, you know, uh, not doing a lot of things, uh, having it nice, you know, just having a great company that, you know, works for you. Uh -huh. uh, you know, having the luxury of having your own company, which is so much better than working for someone and so on. So those are the classical myths. Um, unfortunately, not of it, not of it is true, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, we work all the time. You know, there's uh, practically not a day um, that, you know, you could really, you know, log off or log mm -hmm. out of it, I would say. Um, it's not, it's, it's very relative. It's, if it's easier to be your own boss than to have a boss, I would say. Um, you know, it comes with his its pros and cons, I would say. Um, so yeah, I would, I would, uh, I would say that people should try, but, but on the, on the other hand, I'm super happy, you know, uh, in the position, I wouldn't change it. So, but those are the myths, you know, that you have it easy, that the company is working for you and that it's all, you know, just milk and honey. <laughs> Maybe as a follow-up to this, when was the last time you took a day off? Well, I'm getting better at it, Sebastian, I have to say, okay, I am okay. doing this lately. Um, one thing again, uh, you know, um, that did the change is COVID, uh, mm -hmm. you know, what it did on one side, it crushed our world, uh, you know, for sure. that time. 
But on the other, it gave us a month or two or three, you know, to reflect, to stop, you know, you, every one of us in the industry just had to stop. You had some crisis management and then, you you know, you had some time. And I think that for me, it was also a breaking point where you need to take time for yourself. So I am do, I am practicing time off more and more. Um, not to say that I'm not thinking about uh, the company and what we we're doing at that time, but that's sure. a different story. That's another thing to practice on, I would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm curious, you know, as a CEO and, and founder of a, of a company, what is the biggest challenge you're facing in your role right now and how are you tackling it? Well, look, um, in our specific situation, um, my biggest challenge is how do we get the company um, to grow as fast as possible, but as healthy as possible at the same time? Mm-hmm. So. What we've uh, achieved to build is that we really have a very healthy culture, a very happy team, and also a very happy customer base, and currently also uh, very high growth. Um, and so we are aware of the fact that you know high growth might come at the cost of the previous two factors You know, a lot of times. Uh-huh. Uh, and so my biggest challenge is how do we grab that growth and how do we maintain um, that customer uh, and team satisfaction uh, and that's that's honestly uh, what I'm working on the most lately. So balancing all three, culture, customer satisfaction, and growth? Exactly, yeah, exactly. That's That would be it. Is it, and I don't mean to lead you in any direction, but how do you balance, how do you identify where to balance and where to focus on? Is it just that well, you set a certain threshold or like help me understand it? Well, at the end of the day, I personally um, currently believe that uh, it's the team um, and the customers that uh, that fuel the growth, right? Um, and so those are the two things that uh, that we are focusing on um, kind of equally, let's say. Um, so that's how, how we are tackling it currently. So investing into the team and investing into the customer satisfaction via product, mm-hmm. via relationships, via you know, all the means via stable product, via innovations all the time, via all that things and more. So that's how we are currently tackling that. That's awesome. That sounds fantastic. I want to do a lightning round and because uh, you're sharing so much uh, fantastic stories. In this lightning round, I'm curious what comes to mind. I'm going to tell you a word and you can just, it can be one word answer or it could be a sentence. It doesn't matter. But uh, yeah, of course, I'll, I'll make sure that these are housekeeping related and product and technology related. So let's talk about what comes to mind when you think of departures. Oh, general cleaning. Okay. Luggage. Uh, taking it to the room. Okay. Distraction. All the time in hospitality and operations. <laughs> yes. Okay. If, if you don't have a system like flexkeeping. All right. Travel in 2030. Same as today. Okay. Social media. Don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> leisure. Uh, did you say leisure? No, leisure. This horrible word, leisure. Uh, you know, business, leisure combined into one. Leisure. Oh, leisure. Leisure. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I mean, there has to be a line between business and leisure, but I like the mix that we can do both. Um, okay. Combine, extend. That, that's a great thing. All right. Housekeeping, of course, I have to ask. What comes to mind when you think of housekeeping? Very important. Turned out. Service. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
I'm, I want to double click a little bit on technology, and I'm uh, I'm interested what you know technology you think will disrupt the travel industry the most in the upcoming years, right? Like you you mentioned in the quick lightning round, travel in 2030 is the same as it is now, but I, I'm you mentioned ChatGPT just a few minutes ago. I'm curious, you know, what are some of the things that you think will disrupt travel or change travel? Yeah, so. I mean, there's the guest perspectives and there's the operational perspective, I would say. Mm -hmm. Essentially, I have to say that, you know, travel, in my opinion, will stay, I said the same because, you know, you go traveling for experiences, you you, you are lasting experiences, um, and that's still based on a personal personal experience. So it's, you know, it's fueled, powered, uh, made easy by, by, by tech, but essentially you're there for experience. I think that's going to stay the same. Uh -huh. um, so on the traveler side, I'm looking forward and I'm a big enthusiast and supporter of tech, you know, of automation, of having it easy to check in, to check out, to book book experiences, to get information, um, you know, to board planes, everything, you know, <laughs> I'm everything pro that, you know, it, it really depends on why you're traveling. Is it business? Is it leisure? You know, and then your expectations, do you want to have interactions or not? And so on. And on the operational side of things. Uh, I think that, you know, we need to digitize everything so that essentially staff can be analog with guests, right? Again, coming to the real experience, you know, the real experience is instead of asking those obsolete questions, how was your, your trip? Um, you uh -huh. know, is this your first time? And all those classical ones, you should be talking to the guests, you know, like suggesting what they should do, suggesting you know, what they should see, what drink they should have, you know, something that's actual experience to the place where you just came to, you know, and that's why tech is so important, you know, and that's why robots, automation, chat GPT, even AI, everything is here. And I look forward to it, honestly. I, I don't see, as long as you know what you're building uh -huh. in the sense of your uh, hospitality product and you're deploying tech in the right way, it's just empowering that pure, uh, you know, offline experience for travelers, in my opinion. And creating an offline unique experience, right? Like in, absolutely, in the, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So, do you see sort of the standard operating questions to be replaced by technology and replaced by automation? Not at all. First of all, if we're replacing humans, that's in hospitality. That's going to be tough because there's no one to replace, right? There's no staff here to be replaced mm -hmm. in the first place. Um, for sure, there are some segments of 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 the product. I mean, the product in terms of what type of a hotel or a property you're offering uh -huh. that might be completely automated and that's fine you you might want that but in uh -huh. general I, I don't think that it's not about replacing it's about you know it's about uh, taking away the repetitive tasks it's about taking away the hard job it's about taking all those processes where you're essentially just losing time and adding zero value um, to the guest experience or to the to the to the operations in in any way I, I personally don't think it's it's that debate to have in general at all. So I assume when you travel, do you check in online or do you go to the reception? Uh, I do check in online if it's possible. Um, okay. So again, you know, it's I, I don't know if we are allowed to mention brands or not, but Please. you know, I have different experiences uh, make you feel differently, right? So. Mm -hmm. Uh, just recently uh, at, at, uh, at Ruby Hotels, for example, I like their philosophy, you know, it's kind of a more middle to upper level of a product. It it makes you feel good. You know, the reception, you can online pre-check in. The reception is a bar desk. 
Um, uh-huh. You have a pleasant, natural conversation with the person there. You know, it's not forced. It's not scripted. Uh, uh-huh. You feel good. You go away. You know, and, and that's and that's great if you go to London to you know all on a business trip or something like that. On the other okay. side, if it's a luxury property, I don't know, Four Seasons or something like that, you might want to have conversation. I don't know, but still, you do not want to wait in a in a queue or just wait to get a card or something like that. You know, that's not what hospitality is all about anymore. I think I don't think it even ever was. Uh, so that's. That's for sure something that will change and it's for the good, in my opinion. That's awesome. Talking about travel, what's your favorite travel destination in the world? Where where are you going? Favorite, well, where do you well, like going? Oh, well, I there's so much I haven't seen so far. I haven't traveled that much on leisure. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, uh-huh. I have for business, uh-huh. but not on leisure. Uh, so I, I, it's hard to say. I'm not going to the same place. Uh, but I have to say... Uh, one of my favorites is so I am from the so from the region where we are. The Croatian coast is is fantastic. Uh, this is something a place where uh, we go every season. It's just a wonderful place. I suggest this to everyone at some point at their life. Fantastic. Um, so this is something that I li- like a lot. Yeah. Is that where you're going to spend your summer holiday? I will. I will. A big part of it for sure. Very nice. Very nice. Um, Similar, if there's any place in the world that you could live, where would you? Where would it be? Well, I have to say I was taken by the Australians a few months ago okay. when I was there. Um, okay, it was so I was just taken by their culture, by their their friendliness, by the general energy in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just loved it, the atmosphere. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Australia is something that was that that, that yeah that I actually started thinking you you know maybe i should go live there for a while <laughs> fantastic any particular city were you in sydney or did you travel around yeah i was just in sydney unfortunately like, again for business uh, so google? i can't, i don't know but uh they say melbourne is is nice as well as well so i don't know but australia is so big so that's fantastic luca if there's anything that you would like listeners to leave i guess about your product and your services what what would that be no, not not really, uh, Sebastian. Uh, maybe just uh, off the record, uh, one mm-hmm. topic that is super interesting right now, maybe it's interesting also for you or for your listeners, is mm-hmm. actually the changing standard in housekeeping. I don't know how much you're following that, you know, but um, hotels or properties are now, you know, either canceling daily cleanings or, you know, upselling, charging. And it's a big debate currently, you know. So this is uh, a field that, you know, if you think it would be interested, uh, interesting to the audience. I'd love to talk about it, uh, absolutely. Because, um, you know, I travel quite a bit as well, as you can imagine. And yeah. in, in North America, in the U.S., there is no daily housekeeping. But if you travel in Spain or if you travel in other countries of the world, there is still daily housekeeping. So what's your, perspect- what's your perspective? Is this a cultural thing? Is this a... What's driving that? This is just bottom line. No, it's 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 bottom line. So it's 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 a big debate now, right? It was kind mm-hmm. of triggered on mass with COVID again. Um, sure, but it's a big debate. My opinion is it's all fueled in general the change in standard with it with it, which is happening. It's not a question if the standard is changing. It is, and it's changing fast. It's again because of the lack of staff, you know. Um, uh-huh. 
And so uh, the reason behind it, not to be too philosophical now uh, and change what we can change, but it's really because, you know, the job is not attractive and it's, it's very underpaid and probably even under or, or not as respected as it should be. So that's the, that's the root cause here. So uh-huh. I think the important, there are two, two aspects to, in my opinion, to the daily cleaning, changing the standard of it in general or, or the housekeeping service standard in general. Uh, one aspect is um, the one that, you know, if we're just going to start upselling the service, uh, skipping it and so on, it's uh, it's not going to really resolve the problem on the long end, uh, long term. So, you know, the industry will need to invest a little bit more into the housekeeping segment as such. On the mm-hmm. other side, I think the change of standard is not a problem, you know, because a lot of times it's seen, if it's executed, uh, let's say, unskillfully, uh, saying that, you know, at the checkout, you would be asked to pay extra because of your housekeeping services and you don't know about it. That's that's not the way to do it, right? Um, but on the other side, there's many positive initiatives, positive ways uh, that we can execute this. Uh, for example, one of the one of the best examples I've seen lately in, in Amsterdam is, you know, if you decide to skip, the hotel would plant a tree. And so you feel good. You've done something positive for the environment. They save the resources that they need to save. Uh, and there is a win-win situation, you know. Um, so the standard is definitely changing. Uh, I don't think it's a problem. It's just that, you know, we should the industry should get carried away only from the revenue and profit perspective. And the other thing is changing the standard, which we see, by the way, in our client base, we see this being picked up a lot. So many properties are now implementing different schedules, be it on the guest segment level, on the room price level, uh, you know, just canceling daily cleaning and so on. So this is where managing this becomes very complicated and you need to also um, consider that because again, you can be losing time or resources if you don't manage your resources well. Uh, and so this is a part where we did launch a big, uh, big product release lately, so which you yeah. asked me before. So yeah. um, the, the feature as such is called automated cleanings. And so Uh what we did to support this is we launched a feature that supports any type of cleaning schedules you might have on an if this, then that principle. So, you know, if a booking source is that or if a room rate is that or if any other parameter is this, uh, we automatically then adjust the whole schedule, you know, forecast your staffing needs, forecast your resources needs. Uh, and it's something that that is extremely uh, well picked up because the hotel's absolutely need that with the change of standards housekeeping so i think there are many things to be considered but it's for sure more positive than a negative change we just need to handle it smartly and and in a positive manner do you expect hoteliers i mean in vacation rentals it's quite common to charge a cleaning fee right um or at least uh, uh, do you expect that to transition to hospitality or to hotels that you know hey you for ten dollars extra, we'll do a daily housekeeping. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is the big discussion that is happening. Just today, mm-hmm. I was at a conference. Last week, I was on another conference, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and so on. There's a lot of online debates. The point is in the execution, right? So, if you have guests, and if you have that certain type of operations or a service that you're providing for years, for decades, you can mm-hmm. change it. You, sh- you shouldn't do this overnight and then charge the same guest segment extra fee because you're gonna make them mad and there's gonna be complaints everything's gonna be gonna be wrong you know so definitely you need to consider who are your guests and what are they expecting and then 
start implementing that in a smart, positive way again. You know, I mentioned the planting a tree or be transparent. That's the most important thing. You know, what I absolutely honestly dislike about you remember all those green initiatives in the past about you know skip daily cleaning and uh-huh. you know save the environment stuff like that you know a lot of it in reality if we are honest to each other it was greenwashing you know that means that you're just sure. you know uh, you know what greenwashing means uh-huh. uh, and that you shouldn't you definitely shouldn't do that in this situation so i think transparency is an absolute key just Turn it positive, make it transparent, you know, guests, we understand as guests, uh, and then be aware what your segment is expecting and, and be gentle, right? Uh, don't make them mad, I guess, is the, is the way to do it. There must be, I mean, some statistics out there that say, hey, 30%, 20 or 20% of bathrooms around the world still have a sign that says, if you leave your towels on the floor, they will be replaced. But if you hang them, you save, I don't know two liters of water and the the, the environment um absolutely uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. there's yeah much of this is still around i mean it's it's you know it's an okay approach but execution it's all in the execution are there any other trends that you see around sustainability and and, and i guess housekeeping to a certain extent where you see you know i don't know besides the frequency of 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 of, of cleaning other um you know, have the products evolved? Have the products changed? Have the materials changed? I'm curious. You just came back from a conference. I'm sure you've heard other trends and 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 industry insights recently around housekeeping. Yeah. So again, that ty- uh, being green is a big topic still. Although it's uh-huh. now they're aware through another aspect as we just spoke about. Uh-huh. Uh, the cleaning substances themselves are are getting a bit more ecologically friendly. Um, moving from the luxury toiletries to dispensers is something that is moving into the luxury hospitality as well, because, you know, everyone's aware that, you know, if you have a shampoo of two milliliters, it's a ton of plastic, you know, and no one wants to do that anymore. I think, um, plastic itself is the typical one, you know, that, Uh you know, not having plastic bags and so on and so forth, uh, cleaning procedures sometimes, uh, you know, try to consider this. Uh, and then the green initiatives, if we call them like that. Um, so those are the trends. Um, but again, finally, those conversations, or to be honest, still a lot of those conversations are more buzzwords and, uh, you know, a, a lot of greenwashing still. But then uh, a lot of it is becoming more, more actually, um, actually more impactful for, for the environment or for whichever good cause you would be doing. There's a lot of uh, offsetting the carbon footprint initiatives as well as you might be aware of uh, and so on so yeah um, it is slowly moving into housekeeping as well I'm super happy for that I remember early in my career I was collecting the shampoos and um, (laughs) and and soaps I was probably a bad customer because I picked at least one set up to take with me um, at least when I was staying in a nicer hotel uh, at least but uh, yeah big fan Big fan of these dispensers. They save so much garbage and so much, you know, uh, they're so good for the uh, environment. Uh, exactly. It's much better than, than having disposable income. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Uh, soaps and, and, and bars. 
Uh, Luca, uh, this has been a great conversation. Really appreciate your time and insights. Uh, thank you for joining me today and uh, look forward to seeing you in person soon. Thank you for listening to The Turndown. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in next week as we discover new exciting guests.